Hola, que tal, everybody? You are listening to From Me Para Ti podcast by Pamela Chavez. Thank you for tuning in. If you are driving right now, please wear a seatbelt. It's just a reminder. <laughs> uh, today's episode is going to be a mature adult episode. So this is just a warning if you're under the age of 18 years old or you have children around. If you do have children around, I recommend listening with earphones or in your own personal time. Uh, this episode is sorely, mostly dedicated to the LGBTQ plus community because this is Pride Month, June 2020. And, of course, I have to add a little bit of a twist with the disability community. But I do want to give a trigger warning if sexual abuse or any type of abuse in relationships makes you feel uncomfortable or is going to bring you some type of anxiety of some sort, just make you not feel good after listening, please take care of yourself. Your mental health is way more important in this episode. You can listen to other episodes I already have available or just wait until next Friday when I post a new episode. Uh, that way, you know, I don't want to upset anyone after they listen to my podcast. Uh, because, you know, I, for myself, I don't like to talk about my past and relationships, even in my current relationship, is when him and I talk about my past, it's just really uncomfortable because it's still fairly, terribly kind of fresh. Um, it's hasn't even been a decade uh, since my abusive past happened. So it's it's really hard, but at the same time, you know, I do want to slightly talk about it because I think it's important because a lot of women with disability are three times more likely to experience sexual abuse or just abuse in general in relationships. So that is why um, it's important to have a conversation about it. So just relax. <laughs> have a cup of coffee or tea or whatever your drink of choice and let's get started all right so let's get to the reason why i skipped last friday I feel like I'm one of those students in school where they're like, I can't explain why I didn't do my homework. My dog ate it kind of thing. No, <laughs> I'm playing. So I'll be honest, this month and part of last month has been really heavy on me, um, has made my heart really heavy because of what's going on in this country it's very devastating. I mean, of course, I knew racism was still a thing, police brutality was still a thing, but it's not normal for us to see tragic news every single day. I feel like, of course, you know, all these people dealing with police brutality and the black community, what they're going through and all that, like, of course, that's important. And we do have to talk about it. We shouldn't ignore it. We shouldn't be like, okay, yeah, well, uh, black lives matter hashtags and then just move on. No, of course, we should definitely continue on the conversation and have updates on the protests and the what's going on in politics. However, it, for me personally, I don't know for others, but even my boyfriend, he also started to feel this way. Uh, it becomes really draining when you see every single day someone else being murdered. 
and there's no justice. Not just being murdered, but also being murdered by police officers, you know? And especially trans black women are being murdered and they're definitely getting the short end of the stick when it comes to justice. On top of that, I don't know if y'all been hearing, but there's been mysterious lynching to young black men. And the police department is saying, oh, it's suicide. But a lot of these bodies that are being hung are being hung in awkward very interesting areas where regular people, if you're going to hang yourself, it's really hard to hang yourself in the areas where they're finding these bodies and these people. Unfortunately, I don't know the names of these people because, again, I've been trying to kind of do like a social media cleanse and news cleanse. I've been trying to stay away from it for a little bit because I've been almost crying every single day after getting on social media because I feel very frustrated. So I can't even imagine what the black community feels right now or have been feeling forever, honestly. But especially now, being so exposed to hardcore news and videos which is even more sad because you get to actually see it happening but yeah it was really messing me up in the head and I sincerely believe that these are not suicides these innocent people who are being found that they're hung and they're all black and these bodies are being found in very awkward areas like I mentioned so how can someone hang themselves like that there w- there needs to be multiple people to help you hang yourself like that you know and of course the police department because it's the black community, you're kind of like, oh, it's suicide, and it's no biggie, blah, 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 and I'm, I'm glad that because of social media, that's one of the great things about social media, is they are trying to look into it, because a lot of people were saying, hey, this is not suicide, these people are being lynched, like, this is not suicide, So I really hope that the investigation continues so the family can have some peace with it, too. I mean, there's no formula way of getting over a family member dying in a tragic way. But I hope with the investigations, there will be more information on what really happened, so there's some type of closure, but my thoughts and prayers just go out to the families who are being impacted, whether it's police brutality, um, and the Black Lives Matter experience, um, because if I'm feeling very down and depressed, To the point, like, I literally am afraid to open up Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, even YouTube. Because every single time I do, I see horrible, horrible news. Like, since before, you know, we would see videos here and there and stuff. And I'm not saying things weren't happening, you know, but since it's a very 
popular topic more than ever now, which I'm glad at the same time. It's, it's, it's not normal for us to see people die in videos all the time. You know, it, it's just not normal. Our, our brains um, do get affected by it, seeing horrible news all the time. So, of course, you should stay informed and updated and uh, not be going around in the world with your eyes closed because, yes, you should definitely know what's going on even when it makes you uncomfortable. But at the same time, it starts to get you to the point where you're becoming depressed and all that, like myself definitely take a step back and try to collect your thoughts and have some space to yourself because yeah it's heavy stuff it's definitely heavy stuff and um even talking to my boyfriend and he giving me permission to say this is if again if I'm feeling how I feel now when you're black in, in this country, uh, uh, and while all this is going on, it does make you feel more afraid and make you feel more like, wow, so if I leave my home, if something happens to me, the files of what happened is going to be just push at the back of the shelves and that's it you know of course I I am not assuming that every single um, African American in this country is feeling like that but from what my boyfriend and I have had deep conversations is you know it just it's tough being an African American even for women and it's frustrating with that too because there's been a lot of assumptions of like oh this is just a black man issue no women black women also are definitely one of the actually I think in my personal opinion and Malcolm X said this too is black women are the most dis respected, disregarded, invalidated the most out of every human group. Black women have always gotten a short end of the stick, medically, everything. And I totally agree. Absolutely. Because I heard this quote, and it's so true, and it said, uh... how police officers treat black men is the same way doctors treat black women. And that is so darn truth. Black women are three times more likely to die from basic things like diabetes, cancer, pregnancy, etc. than white women because... And there is racial bias in the medicine world. So black women are usually ignored when they say, hey, I'm in pain or something's wrong. Can you please give me an exam? And they usually brush them off and say, you good? Like, that's normal. If you're experiencing pain during pregnancy, you're good. And next thing you know it, they die or they lose a baby because... What they were experiencing could have been prevented, but they were brushed off. So, of course, that's a continuous topic that we can go on and on, honey. But going back to honoring that it is Pride Month, it's kind of sad with that, too, because Pride Month is definitely an exciting but bittersweet month for a lot of people because 
for some, it can be awkward because if you are in the LGBTQ plus community while still being in the closet, it's, it's really bittersweet in celebrating Pride Month. You want to be out and proud and excited to live your best life, but I do understand when people continue to be in the closet for safety reasons. Let's say if you are a teenager living with a family that is homophobic, transphobic, etc. Unfortunately, sometimes it's safer to wait until you move out and be on your own because I do see really cute videos on YouTube of stories of them coming out or surprising their family, them coming out and, and recording their reaction. is usually sometimes like, oh, the parents say, oh, yes, I love you no matter what. And the end, you know, it's like super happy and great. But unfortunately... LGBTQ plus youth are more likely to become homeless because sometimes their family either finds out and kicks them out or they try to come out of the closet but their family definitely isn't okay with it. So Conversion therapy is an option, a horrible option at that, or they get kicked out, or they experience some type of abuse. So it's not always easy for the LGBTQ plus community to come out because I believe safety does come first because... I get this question a lot is why did I never why did I sorry why did I never come out when I was a teenager for those of you who are new here I think in the first or second episode I mentioned that I am bisexual and why even till this day, I sometimes feel awkward and uncomfortable talking about it because I still sometimes have internal homophobia to myself. Like, I've been super happy when a friend comes out or whatever. Like, I get super pumped and excited for other people. But for myself, heck yeah, it was very hard for me to just accept it and that's something that I really want to discuss is the process of coming out and discussing if it's a choice if being gay or lesbian or trans or whatever is a choice is there a way that you can switch it on and off and just live, quote, a normal life as a cisgender, heterosexual relationship, get married, have kids, the end, you know? Is there a way to switch it on and off? So, for me personally, uh, what I've experienced and seen it from others is it's not a choice. It's definitely not. Of course, to a certain extent, for example, for myself, I'm bisexual, which means I find men and women equally attractive. When I was growing up and, you know, <laughs> as you get older, you start to have crushes on on the kids in your class or whatever, or celebrities and all that excitement of learning, oh, like your future partner kind of thing. 
and I remember so vividly, yes, I would have crushes on boys, like celebrity boys and boys in class and giggling with my friends. I was like, oh, he's cute, ha, 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 kind of thing. But at the same time, I did have crushes on girls, but I didn't really understand until about middle school is when I was told that being gay is a sin. But in elementary school, I do remember having a crush on a girl or two throughout elementary school. But, um, yeah, I, I just kind of ignored it. I didn't say it or anything because somehow in my thoughts of like, oh, well, in Disney movies, this this was my logic as a kid, in Disney movies, you know, Cinderella falls in love with a prince and it's a boy. And Ariel, Little Mermaid, falls in love with a boy. Like, that is how you're supposed to be. So... Whenever I had crushes on girls, I I would get excited being around a girl that I liked, you know, butterflies and everything. But I was kind of like, you know, whatever. But then, growing up in a very religious household, holy crap, hell, (laughs) very, very religious household, I would hear families say that being gay is a horrible sin they can ever commit. <laughs> so, and I, and I do remember asking my mother, like, why is it a sin? And she said, well, you can't naturally have a child when you are a guy with another guy. Or if you're a girl with another girl, like, it's just not natural. So in my head, I was like, well, I guess that makes sense, you know? Like, I mean, scientifically, biology, yeah, like, you can't get pregnant um, (laughs) that way. So to me, I was like, okay, I I really still felt like... It's kind of silly to think that's a sin. But when you're a kid and that's all you are exposed to, you think, you know, that is the way to live. That is the way to go. So then I remember in middle school, I'm not going to share too much of the story because I don't want to share other people's stories without their consent. But basically, I did have LGBTQ plus friends, and I was never mean to them. I didn't stop being friends with them, but I did say that I was worried for them, <laughs> and it sounds so sad, and and my intentions were good, you know? I didn't say you're going to rot in hell. I didn't say that, but in my heart, I had so much anxiety of, like, Oh no, my best friend is is, is gay. <laughs> so I'm scared, you know, but I always felt the same way with girls and boys. Always. I remember watching um the music video Jenny in the Bottle with Christina Aguilera and just being wowed. The same way I would see Usher, for example, who was a guy crush that I had <laughs> in my childhood. The same way I would see Christina Aguilera. Like, wow, like I want to marry her. But since I was told so many times that being gay is a sin, you're going to burn in hell, God is going to reject you, you're, you're, you're this horrible person, I was like, well, well, I guess this is my destiny, is to be straight. So, the perks about, I guess, not perks, but a positive side for me is I do like men. So, I would 
just only focus on that. But I can't imagine if you are only interested or fall in love with the same sex. I can't imagine how hard that is. When you are in a Christian or religious household, it's really hard to fake it till you make it. It's very, very hard. So I did have some type of advantage of, you know, I did like men and, you know, boys at that young age. So I kind of passed as straight. But deep down, I wasn't 100% happy until I moved out and I just started to live my own life. But until very recently, before meeting my boyfriend, I was talking to women. I was interested in dating women. So I was talking to women and in the process of dating and all that, I was already single. Before I met my boyfriend, current boyfriend, I was already single for like a year and a half. So I was like, you know what? I've been so afraid to just be me and I've had crushes on women, but I never would just go all in, you know. So I started to talk to women and men. Like if if a man that was interested in me and I was interested in him, then yes, I would talk to them and, and get to know them. But also with women, if the chemistry was there, then yeah, I would just do it. But <laughs> obviously I am now in a committed relationship with my boyfriend and no, I don't regret being with him. But yeah, I was already becoming more comfortable of just living my life. So I do get asked why did I not come out sooner? And a lot has to do with, I didn't want my family to hate me. I, <laughs> it's just a lot of things. I don't want to get too personal because I don't want to share, overshare kind of thing. But let's just say I didn't want to stir the pot in my family uh, because my family is very religious. So I was afraid of things going really, really bad. So I figured, well, once I live on my own and if I fall in love with a woman, then okay, if my family doesn't approve or disown me, at least I'm independent. Like, I can take care of myself. I'll be okay. But when you're a teenager or depending on your family for everything, I was scared of, like, what will happen if I say yes? I like women the same as men. I was afraid of being kicked out or worse. So that is why I never came out. And the funny thing, not the funny thing, but I think a lot of LGBTQ plus people can relate to this is it's not just about just saying, hey, world, I'm gay or I'm transgender. Like, this is me. No, it also takes a while to come out to yourself, to accept yourself, especially if you grew up hearing that being LGBTQ plus is a sin or dirty, or wrong, or gross, or whatever, you're trying to unlearn that. And subconsciously, you fear of how people are going to treat you. That is why it's so 
terrifying of what is going on of trans people can be discriminated by doctors. Um, Trump, I guess he signed this, uh, what's it called? Gosh, I'm spacing out, but he basically signed a thing where doctors can discriminate LGBTQ plus people, uh, deny them access to medical care, which is super cruel because you're putting people in danger from not receiving, for not receiving proper care. And on top of that, like, what does your sexuality or your gender identity, etc., have to do with anything? <laughs> like, if someone needs a doctor for whatever, like, a doctor should be there. Um, so that's been really sad because it's Pride Month and that's going on. However, it is really exciting that there is, I think, uh, a new bill. I, I could be wrong. I'm sorry. I It's been a while since I read it. But basically, uh, it's illegal to be discriminated at a job for being LGBTQ+. It's against the law now. So that's exciting. That's great. So it's a better suite of you have the medical field. They can discriminate you, but at least you can have a job. So it's kind of bittersweet of like, okay, we're still not receiving the 100% rights. But it's it's frustrating, you know? Like, okay, the world feels as though, okay, well, at least you can get a job or at least you can get married now but there's still a lot of barriers and 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 ways to still discriminate people who are part of the lgbtq plus community it's really messed up so also i have never told my family that i'm bisexual uh I did tell my friends only because I I just gave them a heads up of, hey, if you see me start dating women or just don't be surprised. <laughs> um, and they were super proud of me. They were happy. They are like, whatever, I don't care <laughs> as long as you're happy. So that's cool. But, yeah, I, I just was waiting until I dated women or was in a serious committed relationship with a woman to eventually tell my family. But since right now I am in a heterosexual relationship, it doesn't really matter for me to be telling my family because it's like, okay, <laughs> you know, it would have been different if I would be with a woman. And yes, I do have to break it down to my family. But yeah. I mean, if my family listens to my podcast, well, then, dang, now you know. (laughs) Plot twist. Uh, But, yeah, I did have a lot of internal homophobia. Gosh, a good 20 years of my life. Uh, And there's a lot of other sad, sad, dark things that I went through because of it, so being terrified and all that but that's what therapy is for (laughs) and other things so yeah it's just been really a roller coaster ride that's why I am a firm believer and really get to know yourself before you have kids and committing your whole life to one person because it's really sad and devastating when I see people get divorced because one of them end up saying, hey, I'm gay, and they're married in a heterosexual um, marriage, but they've always been gay or whatever, and so they're like, hey, I want to get a divorce because I've always been gay or I've always been transgender but now I'm ready to come out. It's like, I get it. Of course, you should come out at your time and when you're ready. 
But at the same time, like, don't drag someone into it and break their heart. You know, so if you're listening right now and you're engaged and you know deep down in your heart they're not the one, even if you're not LGBTQ+, if you know deep down they're not the one, don't drag it on. Just be honest and say, you know what, this is not for me. And that's okay. And that goes with, you know, the transgender community. Um, A lot of black trans women are being murdered by men. And I feel like I, I can't really say much about it because I'm not trans and all that. But I will say is... I've noticed that people confuse sexuality and gender identity completely different. Like, for example, like, they get it mixed up. For example, when I see headlines about, oh, a trans woman was murdered due to um, homophobia, it's like... Well, it's more so transphobia. Because the reason she's getting beat up or killed is because they don't believe trans women are women. So it's more so of a transphobic crime, more than anything. Homophobia would be more so if it's a man a gay man being beaten up because he's gay. Now that is a homophobic crime of beating up someone because they're gay or lesbian. That's a homophobic crime. But when it's a trans woman or trans man being beaten up or killed, that is a transphobic crime. So I hope that makes sense. (laughs) Another thing about you know, being ready to come out and when it's safe and all that. I I keep hearing this. And the more I learn about the transgender community, the more I get more heated about transphobic crimes and, and how people view the transgender community. And I will say is people who are transgender have the right to not announce that they are transgender all the time. They have the right to keep it a secret. And it's not because, oh, they want to fake it till they make it kind of thing. It's like, Sometimes it's not important for someone who is transgender to announce it. The only time someone who is trans should announce it is to their doctor, to their immediate family, because, you know, let's say their family sees them one way with a different name and it's time to correct them. And their partner, if they end up planning to be sexual with somebody, then yes, they should tell them beforehand. I recommend telling if you're transgender and you're dating, I do recommend telling the person that you're interested in over the phone or some way safe because unfortunately this world is very ugly and I don't want anyone to be hurt in any type of way of coming out that they're trans and then getting beat up and stuff. Of course, you shouldn't hide who you are. You shouldn't. But at the same time, I, I, we should respect that there is a time and a place to do so. The same with, you know, people think all the time that transgender people people 
people who are trans have to announce the world all the same, every single time that they're trans. If you're like that, that's cool. That's great. But it's something they can be proud of, but also not have to tell every single person that they meet. And that's because it's the same thing if, if you know, Rebecca out here gets her nose job. You know a lot of people be getting plastic surgery and they don't tell every single person that they meet and say, hey, did you know my boobs are fake? Did you know that I got a nose job? No, you're not going to tell every single person that you got a nose job or that you got diabetes. So the same way of people who are trans don't have to announce to every single person that they meet that they're trans. As long as they have to, unless that they have to, I mean, of if it's a medical exam or uh, in a relationship, but no, don't, if you're someone who is cisgender, don't force people who are trans to announce the whole world every single time that they're trans. Because sometimes they just want to live their lives. They just do. And if the conversation comes up, cool. If not, cool. It's up to the person. Same with anyone really who is part of the LGBTQ plus community, sometimes they don't want to get into it and talk about it every single time. They just want to live their lives. So that's why I feel there is, we should respect people's, um, when they want to talk about it and when to come out. It's no one's place to tell someone you should come out you should do this you should do that like no because it does take time and it's sometimes a safety mechanism because unfortunately as great that we live in a time where we do have pride month and all that there's still a lot of homophobia and transphobia that sometimes let's just try to prevent that from happening So, yeah, (laughs) that is something really important that I was thinking of. Another thing is I've noticed a lot of trans, not trans, sorry. I've noticed a lot of Pride Month type of parties and parades are not always wheelchair accessible or just accessible in general can we change that can we because i notice a lot of pride month events are not accessible they're not because fun fact people with disabilities have sex life have their own lives and a lot of us also want to be either ally, I, <laughs> wow, I can't talk today, allies or just want to go because you're part of the community yourself. And it's hard to go because there's no deaf interpreters, there's stairs everywhere, or etc. Like, there needs to be more inclusive environment so that way everyone who wants to just be there to support or are part of the LGBTQ plus community to be able to attend and have a good time. You know, that's something that I was really disappointed about when I started to get into the LGBTQ community and be more involved. I noticed that these places are not really accessible so yeah let's just change that that would be great moving on to disability and sexuality i i know it's summer now so everyone wants to maybe start dating or having a good old time and all that which that's great but also keep in mind we are still in the middle of a pandemic So please be safe and careful. Practice safe sex if that's what you're into. 
always be safe on that part. But I do want to say to be extra careful. When you have a disability, unfortunately, we have to be extra careful. Because... 83% of women with disabilities will experience some type of sexual abuse in their lifetime. And the majority of them do not come out and report it because, number one, women in general in society are not taken serious when they do report sexual abuse or any type of abuse is usually disregarded um, or it's a very long process when usually the abuser just get a slap in the wrist and that's it. So imagine when you have a disability, especially a physical disability, you're definitely, and it's sad, it shouldn't be this way. It's very frustrating that people with disabilities are more likely to not be taken seriously when they do report abuse, especially sexual abuse, because society in general already sees people with disabilities as asexual, as like, you're not sexually wanted, so why would anyone rape you? Why would anyone be with you in the first place? So, and also there's that misconception of that rape is for sexual pleasure. No, it's for the abuser to take power. It's not, it's more of a power thing, an abuse thing. It's in the, as a violent act, not a sexual act. And that's another thing that in the society we confuse rape as a sexual act. No, it's violent. It's a violent act. And on top of that, when you have a disability, you're absolutely not going to be taken serious. Now, I hope if you are listening and you do have a disability, if you really want to get justice, please say something if that's what you want. But it's really frustrating when people say you should report it or you should say something when the system is not set up to be on your side. And it's just frustrating, too, that the victim, even if they do put the abuser in jail or get in trouble, you will still carry that memory and that experience for the rest of your life. It would be nice if mental health resources were more accessible. That would be more helpful of having access to therapy. Now, I know that therapy is starting to become more accessible. There's more apps coming out with... uh, You can do therapy through the phone... Or through a video chat, that's great. But at the end of the day, there still needs to be more affordable and accessible therapy options for people. So it's really frustrating. I do recommend if you are going on a date, if you have a disability and you are going on a date, I highly recommend you telling a friend or a family member that you can trust to be on a lookout for you. Uh, Let's say you're going to grab food or whatever with your date. I really recommend you telling a family and a friend where you're going, what time, how long the date is going to be. That way, God forbid, they don't hear from you afterwards, they can do something about it. Another thing that I recommend is 
don't for for me personally i when I was dating and I was single, I would meet them in public. I wouldn't invite them to my home. I would just meet them in person in public, and I would meet them there. I didn't like the idea of them picking me up, even if they were able to pick me up in my chair and all that. I still would say no because I want to, one, have the option to just leave if I'm not interested anymore, and two, I don't want them to have the power of holding me hostage because I already have a physical disability, so I can't run. I can't really fight back. So if something would happen inside the car, you know, God forbid, I, I can't do much to defend myself. So I do recommend you meeting them in person somewhere public and them not knowing where you live. That's really important. Um, and also follow your gut and your instincts. Of course, you can be safe as much as possible, but things still happen, which is really sad. We put too much pressure on people who have experienced sexual abuse, and we put too much pressure on them saying, well, you should have listened to your gut feeling or your instincts, or you should have said something, you should have ran, you should have done this, 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 and that, and it's, there's more to it. It's not that easy. But there are safety tips to lower that risk of being abused in some type of way. Another thing that I noticed with women with disabilities, now I'm only talking about a woman's perspective because I'm a woman, I don't know what men with disabilities experience. I'm sure they have statistics out there for men with disabilities who will also get abused just as much as women. But I have noticed a lot of women with disabilities that stay in relationships because their partner is their only caregiver sometimes. And of course, not every inner able relationship, like one person disabled and the other one is not. Of course, not every relationship is like that. Just because you're someone without a disability and you date someone with a disability, it doesn't mean you're gonna be their caregiver. Not every relationship is like that. But I have noticed some relationships that their partner that doesn't have a disability and they do sometimes end up being their caregiver and their only way to live and and do stuff but they're abusive and they sometimes stay in that relationship because they take care of them so they feel trapped Please, 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 please don't stay in an abusive relationship. I understand that sometimes they can be your caregiver. Um, That's why I'm against my spouse or relationship to be my caregiver because I don't like the idea of someone that I love have full control of my life, if that makes sense. Whether it's financially or just day-to-day tasks, to me, I feel unsafe that way. But I understand when your spouse or whatever is your caregiver, I understand if that's the only option, that's great. But sometimes that leads to, if you are being abused, it's a lot harder to run away from it So definitely, if you are being abused by your partner and they're a caregiver or you depend on them for money, please contact a family member or friend or an abuse agency of some kind or services that can help you get out of the situation. Because 
there are options out there. If your partner is your caregiver, there are options out there where, you know, you can get someone else to help you. And I just want to say, you know, coming from someone that was sexually abused and abused in general, mentally and everything, and one of my relationships in the past, you know, I did feel guilty for so many years that it was my fault. And I still do sometimes feel like it's my fault that I should have said something. But at the same time, I felt unsafe to say something. And I also felt as though if I would to say something, no one would believe me. Or people would say that it's my fault. I have tried to tell someone in my life of what happened to me in my past. And this person, they weren't talking about me, but they were talking about other people who have been abused and said, oh, well, if you're being abused, then you should just run away. Like, you should just do something about it. Like, why stay in, in that situation? And if you've been abused, you know damn well that it's not that easy. Because sometimes when they're life threatening you of like if you say something, you're gonna I'm gonna kill you or no one's gonna believe you and all these things, you get so terrified and trapped that you feel as though that's true. That if you do open your mouth, it's it's gonna get worse. So it's not easy. And unfortunately, I also understand that who do you tell? Because I've heard people in my past say some things along the lines of, oh, well, if you are dressed a certain way or you're around certain things, of course it's going to happen to you. When people who are the ones doing the abuse should be the ones fixing themselves. Not the other way around. So even in our society and culture, we still continue to blame the people who are victims of and survivors of being abused. And it's messed up. Even in our society, we joke around and blame women for having daddy issues when their fathers were the ones that left them. Like, it's not funny. Like, why do we always blame the victim and we always shame them in some type of way. And sometimes, not intentionally, sometimes we say certain things because we have been programmed in society that is their fault. So, thank God I am in a safer place now. I, my a boyfriend, he is such an angel. I even tell him that all the time. He might end up listening to this podcast, but I always tell him, like, you're such a pure angel because he just has the most gentlest soul I have ever met. So I'm very lucky that I'm now in a safer place. I'm still learning to forgive myself for what has happened to me in my life and other things, but I am in a better place now. So those of you who are listening and have experienced sexual abuse or any type of abuse, just know that it's not your fault and things will get better. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that you won't always remember. Like, I, I still remember. There's some things that I remember and have flashbacks and I get terrified but you learn to work through it. And that you will be okay. Just make sure that you're safe. And if you need therapy, definitely reach out. But don't ever think for a second that just because you've experienced abuse that you deserved it or it's going to happen again. Use that to become wise of knowing to love yourself to be safe again it's not your fault however 
I did learn a lot with myself. And it just goes much more deeper than that. But I do want to say that it's not your fault. And you didn't deserve it. And you're worthy of love. Even if you've been abused before, you're still worthy of love. So I think we're just going to wrap it up for today's episode. You can follow me at Mela underscore the underscore great on Instagram and on Twitter. Again, that's at Mela, M-E-L-A underscore the T-H-E underscore great G-R-E-A-T. The producer of this beat in the podcast is me, producer. You can contact him on his Instagram at mini producer. He produces beats and so happens to be my boyfriend and edited this podcast. So if you're interested in his music, head him up. Again, this is from me, Parati Podcast. My name is Pamela Chavez. Thank you so much for listening. I will talk to y'all next Friday. Be safe and happy Pride Month to everyone. <laughs>